Republican. I'm not a Republican or a Democrat. I'm a truthican. And the truth, as I see it, is that we've been divided in this country by design by people who benefit from that division. And it's not going to turn out well for 99% of us unless we all come together as one human race, realize we have all the power, and tell the establishment to go fuck themselves. Before Trump won, then everybody was like, these election machines are all fucked up. They shouldn't be connected to the internet, and why are there computers inside them when they just got to count shit? But then Biden won, and they were like, no, they're fine now. If you're not smart enough to be my friend, fuck you. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Truth Again Podcast, uh, episode 52. Today is our year anniversary. I am one of your hosts, Tim Gaither. That other guy right there is your other host, Mike Baldwin. We are both professional stand-up comedians, and we're pretty intrigued about what's going on in the world right now, in our country especially. And uh, we think Joe Biden is uh, pretty much a, a puppet. A crooked for... piece of shit. <laughs> A corrupt piece of shit and a puppet for the deep state who is trying to destroy this country. We think the real insurrection happened on November 3rd, 2020, when he was uh, voted as the president of the United States, getting the most votes in history, which uh, we just find very hard to believe. And we think everything you're seeing right now, as far as Trump being indicted for all these things, are a complete crock of shit. And if they weren't, they would have done it two and a half years ago when it all started. This is true. I moved yeah. the camera. I'm at an angle now because I got sick of trying to look like I was looking at the camera, but really just looking at you on the screen. So now I can go <laughs> back and forth and uh, it should make it a whole lot cooler. Yeah, it's hard not to to look at the person you're talk to, talking to. That's just how we were. Tr- you know, that's what exactly. you exactly. I you know, know, right? I'm like, you look at a person in their eyes when you're talking to them. That's can what I say. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, can you imagine having a conversation with somebody and you're just like, you're just like staring at their chest the whole time? And they'd be like, dude, what are you? I guess that's yeah. how girls feel. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> I do that to females every time I speak to them. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, anyway, let's start with something less depressing than what's happening in our country. I guess it's not depressing, depending on how you look at it. Um, I got into a conversation with this lady last night, and God, I wish I had that hour of my life back, 45 minutes or however long it was. Uh, What are you talking about? um, Well, it started out talking about like 9-11, and then she started uh, started talking about Biden and, and Trump and everything, and I was trying to explain some things to her, but she was not only kind of just uh, ignorant about a lot of things, but she also was drinking. And like the more the conversation wore on, the more she was just like started getting this look on her face like, okay. And I just was just like, God, I got to leave because I'm going to fucking hit you. Dude, as as somebody who stopped drinking and I'm sober from alcohol, like talking to a drunk person is one of my least favorite things to do. Yeah. Especially when they're like trying to give me sage advice or something like they always just breathe alcohol into my face and they're mumbling and shit. And I'm just like, dude, I'm not going to use this. Whatever you're, whatever thing you're telling me to make my life better, like you're not the one to tell me. Well, and my biggest, one of my biggest pet peeves, which I have a few, but uh, one of my biggest pet peeves is when someone asks you a question and they let you get eight words into a 10 word sentence before they interrupt you. And she kept constantly doing that to me. 
and I was like, I was right at the point that I was getting ready to make, and you would you 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 fucked it up. And <laughs> there's nothing more annoying to me because now I've got to circle back around just to make the point I could have made in two more words if you would have just stayed quiet. But she couldn't she couldn't allow herself to do that. Um, and I don't even know what I, I finally was just like, I, find, I think I ended the conversation by saying, your face is annoying me, so I'm just going to leave. <laughs> <laughs> and she probably woke up today and is telling her friends a story about the mean dickhead that didn't know anything that she was talking to last night. Yeah. Um, and I was on stage and I had a pretty good show, but you could tell there were some people in the crowd that were kind of resistant to some of the things I was saying. And, um, but overall, it was a good show, and she was in the crowd, and I, I made a joke about Biden or something, and she was like, but what's our alternative? And I was just like, well, shit, my four-year-old would be a better alternative. Um, <laughs> did you say that on stage? I did, yeah. And, nice. Uh, and he actually does read. He's four and a half, and he can already read, dude, like full-on paragraphs and sentences and shit. And I'm like, God, you read better than the leader of the free world. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't mean to toot my own horn, but I could also read when I was that age. Uh, yeah. And well, my the way my parents told the story was I could either read really well or had all my books memorized. But one way or the other, it's it means good things for my brain, you know? Yeah, it's impressive. We've got this. Uh, we've had these statistical physics for babies books. He doesn't read them anymore, but he used to love them. And the back of one of them has all these giant words and like he, he memorized the barcode and like province of Guangdong, China and all this shit. I mean, he would, he would read the whole thing. And I was just, I mean, he could do that since he was like two and a half years old. So uh, I think sometimes he's too smart for his own good. You got a little genius on your hands. Yeah. We'll see. Um, the next Elon Musk. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, the jury's still kind of out on him too, but. I don't know, man. I don't. I don't yeah. trust anything anymore, Mike. I, I really don't. Um, no, I don't either. That's. Uh, I agree. It's hard, man, because you'll think that someone's like a hundred percent on board with everything that you're thinking, and then they're like, "And now I'm going to do this," and you're like, "No, dude, that goes against everything that I thought you were doing." So yeah, yeah. you're probably talking about Elon doing the like censorship and stuff on Twitter, which. To be fair to him, like that's what he said from the beginning was like freedom of speech does not mean freedom of reach. So like, sure, you can say whatever you want, but we're not going to show it to a bunch of people if we think that it's something that's going to piss everybody off, you know? Yeah. Um, so where should we start today? Should we start talking? To, should we talk about the uh, fires in Hawaii and uh, how Joe Biden still hasn't even visited? I mean, how are you not going to visit? Hawaii right now with all that going on. Um, and I mean, we can bag on him and we can also talk about the fact that a lot of people think those fires were intentionally set and, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, because I, they wanted to, they want to do a 15 minute city. And, uh, the best way to do that is basically just have empty land. And the best way to get that is to just burn everything to the fucking ground. But we have no proof of that. And I, can't say whether it's true or not, but I don't have proof that that's not what they did. So like if I saw a, a video footage of a lightning striking 
something when nothing else was on fire and then they could be like it was this then i'd be like oh all right but i don't have that video so i don't know yeah you want to listen to this conspiracy dude talk about it for a minute yeah oh i always click the wrong damn window there we go today we're going to give a little update on the hawaiian fires now i want you to look at this footage and this sure doesn't look like a fire to me it looks like something almost exploded or something went off. Now, what's interesting is certain things are still standing while other things are not. Now, the governor did say this is climate change doing this. Interesting. What they don't talk about is in January how they had in Maui a smart city conference to turn Maui into an entire smart island, changing everything to electric, renewables, solar panels, and pushing everybody into electric vehicles, 15-minute smart cities. So now what's also interesting is next month in September, Hawaii is hosting the Digital Government Summit utilizing AI to govern the island. Hmm. It's almost like they're resetting something to start rebuilding for this in which they're trying to push. Now, when we look at all the climate change narrative that they're going to try to push, but they're not going to talk about the Weather Modification Act of 1976. I highly recommend everybody look into this act because who is involved in the weather modification activities? Department of Agriculture, Department of Defense, Department of Interior, EPA, and NASA. So if they're modifying the weather, then could they have caused this event? So if we see that the Department of Defense and other factions are responsible for modifying the weather, well then if we look at direct energy weapons, we can maybe see how this can all relate to this event. Yeah, maybe. I, that's the, With stuff like that, where they get science-y and shit, and, and they point out things that I haven't read, it just makes me, I don't know. Like, I feel like you could do that with anything, you know? Yeah. Well, and a lot of people think that, you know, weather modification that they think that's a conspiracy theory and all that. But that's true as far as they they've been able to manipulate weather since the 70s in Vietnam. They would they had ways to cause typhoons and all that. And even in California, they've seeded the clouds yeah, uh, to, make, to make it I've, rain. I've read about cloud seeding and stuff. I know that that's a thing, but I I don't know. It's just, it's one of those things where I'm like, yeah, probably, but I don't know for sure, you know? Yeah. Well, which is kind of the genius of, of what they do, you know? It's all like, it's it's all stuff that the common person can't necessarily prove, but to think that they wouldn't do shit like that to push their climate change agenda, I think is kind of naive, you know? I mean, it's not that hard to set a fire. Um right. Yeah, you I know. think I read somewhere that most uh, forest fires and wildfires are actually started either on accident or by arson. But yeah. most of them are not like, you know, lightning strikes and power lines and that kind of stuff. They're like yeah. a, a dude flicking a cigarette or a dude purposely flicking a cigarette. Yeah. Well, she talks about in that in that fall of Cabal documentary, which I need to rewatch again, um, because it's it as all this wears on, you can look back at something like that and be like, "Wow, everything that woman said is kind of playing out." Um, but she said that the California wildfires um, were started, and like I can't remember exactly what was in the video now, but the stuff you're watching, you're like, "Well, that doesn't make sense. Why would the trees not be burned, but all that shit around it is?" Um, yeah, I don't know, man. It's well, it's highly I, possible. 
I mean, that's it. It is interesting, but at the same time, like you could totally imagine, like there's not. It's just yard or street or whatever between like the house that was on fire and that tree over there. So unless fire like jumps over to that tree, then it makes sense that like some stuff wouldn't get caught on fire at all. You know? Yeah. But well, who, I mean, who fucking knows? Yeah. Who knows? All I know for sure is that Joe Biden, when he was asked about it, just kind of smirked and didn't even, he didn't even really acknowledge, you know, he didn't even try to feign sympathy. No, um, he, which... he straight up said no comment. Somebody was like, Hey, do you have anything to say to the people of Hawaii? And Biden just goes, no comment. And like smiled like you're trying to get me. And it's like, yeah. no, I'm not. You're the fucking president. Like you can't even be like, hey, we're with you. We're with your families. Like we're praying for you. Anything like that. But instead they just put out a thing like 72 hours after everybody knew about the fire being like, hey, don't worry, Maui. Like we're giving you 700 bucks a piece. You're going to yeah. be fine. We would send you more, but we've already sent 115 billion to Ukraine, so we can't afford to send you any, yeah, um, any more than 700 bucks, which is just gross, dude. Um, but yeah, he hasn't been there yet, and uh, he's just the fucking worst. And it's also like, I don't know if you call it evidence, but it's proof. Or not, again, proof and evidence. It's not something I should say, but. Um, it lends to our theory that maybe Joe Biden is playing a role, you know, like. Absolutely. You know, um, because some of the shit he does, you're just like, really, dude? Like, like, are you trying to to prove the point that Trump's trying to make all the time, which is that you're the most corrupt and that having you in the White House is a complete sham and, um, you know, 81 million people. I mean, I just I, that's something else I was kind of halfway arguing with that lady about last night, I was like, you really truly believe 81 million people voted for that vegetable. I mean, you know, he didn't even campaign. He's still not campaigning. It's either because he's not going to run or he knows that the fix is in. True. All right. Well, since we're on Biden, I guess we'll uh, watch this thing real quick. He said something the other day about like what, what he said is at the end of this uh, minute long clip, but, Basically, he was like, point out one thing that we've done wrong, like anything. <laughs> so I made this. Taliban takeover of Afghanistan now inevitable? No, it is not. Because you have the Afghan troops have 300,000 well-equipped, as well-equipped as any army in the world and an air force against something like 75,000 Taliban. It is not inevitable. Let's not forget about the chaos and the panic that came with the actual withdrawal of U.S. troops. People hanging on the side of planes, and you can barely see this coming up here, but dude falls off of the plane while it's up in the sky. A few of them did. I congratulate the whole nation because we have achieved our independence and we were able to force the Americans to leave. Kabul airport is fully under the control of the Islamic Emirate and is fully secured. Name me a single objective we've ever set out to accomplish that we failed on. Name me one in all of our history. Not one. Except for, you know, that 
Afghanistan thing. I tried finding video from the day of where the news was talking about like how many soldiers had died and stuff like that. And I typed out at least five different things on YouTube and nothing came up. So it's like, once again, YouTube is just being like, yeah, don't show that to people. Yeah. Yeah. I've been pretty disappointed with uh, YouTube and the stuff that they've censored people on. And, and uh, yeah, why didn't there's he rumble. Didn't he also leave uh, $86 billion worth of, uh, of weaponry there? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they did it. I've said this before, but it's like there's three parts of taking your army out of a place. There's people, there's troops, and there's equipment. The people are like the civilians and shit. Uh, a big chunk of those were actually Afghan citizens that were like, narking on people that were being undercover and shit like that and they're like just get me out of here get me to america and i'll fucking turn in all the bad guys that you want me to and people like that they just left behind and left all of the equipment behind and just pulled the troops out like overnight left the airport unguarded like literally the worst way that you could leave an occupied area yeah, if there's been a worse president than uh, than Joe Biden, um, I don't I I don't know about him. And uh, you know, it's pretty it's becoming more obvious all the time that he's completely owned by China, which is why he's never rid- investigated the origins of COVID. Um, he he's owned by Ukraine, which is why he sent them so much freaking money. Um, and, and you know, the proof is out that about the 21 million that him him and his uh, crackhead son took out and are received and uh it's yeah well let's listen to uh this guy talk about this i don't know how good the sound is on this because i when i watch videos on my phone or on my ipad or whatever i always do it at either one and a half or two times speed and after a minute or so my hearing adjusts you know so it doesn't sound super fast to me but I screen recorded this in fast speed and then I tried to slow it down. So it's maybe sort of weird, but either way, this is a a representative or Senator James Comer on Ted Cruz's podcast talking about special, uh, whatever SARS, uh, special activity report or whatever it's called. He'll tell you. You talked about suspicious activity reports and there's been some discussion of this. Look, if you're at home, you're watching, TV, you're trying to figure out what these are. What is a suspicious activity report? And, and like, when is it made? When does it occur? I knew a lot about these because I was a director of a bank for over a decade. Uh, a suspicious activity report is when the bank files notice with the Treasury cabinet that they suspect their client has committed a crime. Doesn't mean they committed a crime. They, they have a strong suspicion that a crime was committed. So it's to protect the bank as well. So how frequently do these things happen? Very seldom, despite what the Washington Post or in their defense of the Biden, they say, well, everybody has a suspicious activity report. That is baloney. I was on a bank board for 10 years. I think we issued two over the course of, of 10 years. And, and how many were, were issued concerning Hunter Biden and Joe Biden and the Biden family? Over 170. They were they were direct. But you were in a bank and they issued two in, in 10 years. years. If, you issue, if you had two SARS, they're called SARS in, in the banking industry. If you had two SARS against you, it would be hard for you to open an account somewhere. There wouldn't be any bank that would want to uh, have you as a customer because it's not worth the paperwork. Remember, when the bank files one of these, you can understand this, appreciate this, Senator. That's inviting the regulators to come in and regulate. Okay, that's the last thing the bank. So, wants. 170 get filed. That means that somebody's getting a deposit in their account. It's a big amount. It's from 
somewhere suspicious? I mean, what triggers it? Why? Uh, You're a banker. Uh, what is it that makes you say we got to file a SAR? A large transaction that comes out of the blue. So and what's had, large? So what, what is there a well, threshold? You had, you had a mil I'll use the Robinson Walker account because we subpoenaed, that was the first bank okay. account we subpoenaed. Now, who's Robinson Walker? Rob Walker was one of the associates that they used to uh, funnel money from China and then in Romania, and then down and launder it down to the Biden. So he's a guy that's doing business with Hunter and Joe Biden. Yeah. Okay. We don't know what that business is, yep. but they got a $3 million wire from, from China. Wow. 170, dude. Right? <laughs> yeah. I said the other day, I was like, it's at least dozens. It might be over 100. And so, yes, come to find out one uh, over 170, according to him. I've got Jesus. one more thing of him talking here. Uh, this was on, I think it was on Newsmax the other day. This is the more recent one. The one I just showed was a few weeks ago, but, uh, this is like the updated him talking about Biden shit and whatnot. You want to just go right to it? Sure. Why the GOP is going so soft on Joe Biden while the left is just gutting, skewering Trump right now. They have four indictments on the table. And even with this mountain of evidence, visible corruption that we can all see, um, the GOP really doesn't feel like they're bringing out the heavy artillery. And I wanted to ask you straight up why that's happening. Well, Rob, I think we're going uh, as quickly as we can with the investigation. They're obstructing us every step of the way. I'm trying to be uh, transparent with the American people. It seems like about every two weeks we have another drop of information, major information that shows more criminality by the Biden family. With respect to uh, indicting someone, if I had the power to indict uh, a Biden, I would have already indicted the president's son by now. But unfortunately, I'm in yeah. Congress and, and we don't have the, the power that the Department of Justice has. What we can basically do is serve as a, a de facto general counsel, a special counsel. And that's what I feel like the House Oversight Committee has been well, doing. We've you. been getting the facts. We've been leading the investigation. Uh, we're going to submit. Uh, everything we have to the American people and to the Department of Justice. We had a judge that listened to us when she was uh, about, you know, when they were trying to get that sweetheart plea deal for the president's son, and she took the information we sent her and rejected that plea deal. So I think we're making progress. It's just very frustrating when the Democrats hold all the power. When you you have subpoena power though, right? I mean, you can you can pull these these business partners. There's there's so many of these 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 men uh, and women that worked with the Bidens that obviously know what's happened here. Uh, you know, get them in in front of you, grill them for hours. Uh, you have that ability. Uh, is there is there more you could be doing? Well, we've requested information uh, from all of the associates, every person that uh, you can think of that's named in the laptop and a few others. Uh, we've been communicating with with several of them. Uh, with we've are they, are they, are they the, rejecting you? Are they are they fighting this? Or are they there, there? There are some that are fighting us. There are some that have given us helpful information. There are some that have uh, let us down a few rabbit holes. But uh, at the end of the day, they're going to be in front of this committee for depositions very soon. And what we're trying to do, Rob, is build a case to where we when we request the bank records from the Bidens, the personal bank record. Yeah. We know they're going to uh, fight that. We know that's going to end up in court, and we want to have a case that will win in court. I mean, I could be doing stunts every second and getting a bunch of retweets and probably raising money online and all that, but at the end of the day, we would lose. And that's what Republicans have been doing for years. They've been losing. We're trying a different strategy on this. We're getting information. We're doing it the right way. There we go. Sorry, that was kind of long, but 
informative. Informative and and you know it, what we're looking at here is a crime syndicate. What happens is on both sides. Uh, you know the reason the GOP doesn't investigate more often is because a lot of them are part of that crime syndicate. You know it's basically like the mafia running our country. Um, and you know when people say, well, why he why didn't Trump already drain the swamp? It's like because it's deep, man. <laughs> You know, and it's been going on for a long time. It can't just happen overnight or even in a few weeks or even a few years. It, it takes a long time because it is so freaking corrupt on every level. Yeah. And also the fact that, like, if you do have a swamp and you drain it of water or whatever, there's still a bunch of shit in there that you got to go through and clean out. So maybe by when he says drain the swamp, He's saying, like, I'm going to take all the water out of this thing and expose all the fucking rotted trees and all that shit that's in here, all the mud and gunk and everything. I don't know. But which is before- what which is what you're seeing with uh, with all of his indictments. This I screenshotted this from Breitbart. Uh, like clockwork, four Trump indictments drop after four damning Biden business revelations. And then you got a picture of shithead. Uh, smiling like a dirty old man Um, yeah well here we've got uh i think the main thing that all this is going to come back to like yes it he's getting money from other countries and all that stuff but the ukraine billion dollar fire the prosecutor thing i think is going to end up being one of the main focus points uh once they start talking about it but uh What's his name? Dan Bongino played this recording uh, last week or the week before. This is Biden talking to the president of Ukraine at the time and the president being like, all right, you told us to fire the guy like we fired him. He didn't do anything wrong, but we went ahead and fired him anyway. And then Biden being like, all right, now I can send you that billion dollars. But here, we'll let him say it. Despite the fact that we didn't have any corruption charges, don't have any information about he doing something wrong. I especially asked him, no, it was the day before yesterday. I especially asked him to resign. The edited clips were released by Andrew Deerchak. Congratulations on installing the new prosecutor general. It's going to be critical uh, for him to work quickly to repair the damage Shokin did and I'm a man of my word. I um, and that now that the new prosecutor general's in place, we're ready to move forward in signing that new one billion dollar loan guarantee. Is nobody playing these tapes? How is nobody playing these tapes? Well, because we, we got did, no media. Man. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like they, it's still just crazy to me. Like when I talk to friends and whoever, they just don't know what's going on they haven't even heard half of these stories that we're telling you know yeah i know i I talk to people all the time and and you know sometimes i'll say it to them and in my head a lot at least i'm like how do you not know this and you know to be fair like we've said a million times they've got other things to do and that's how they get all this shit past everyone you know they most people don't have the kind of free time that we do to to look into these things and to listen to podcasts and to listen to people who you know the media doesn't talk about anything real. You know, I used to be one of those people that thought, you know, if, if it's not in the media, it must not be true. And now I think the complete opposite of that. And uh, if you're watching the mainstream media still, I'm begging you, fucking stop. 
You know? Yeah. I mean, it's somebody posted something the other day about how they haven't been on, uh, they haven't watched TV or the news or Netflix or Hulu or any of that stuff. And they're not reading mainstream news. And they said like, here's what I've, what I'm missing out on. And it's like the stories of fictional people. And here's what I've gained, like free time, more time with my family, like yada, yada, all this stuff. And I mean, I think about it every day, like every time I see some bullshit on Facebook or Instagram or I read a story about Instagram doing like pedophilia hashtags and shit and like bumping them up to people's algorithms and stuff like, hey, you like little kids in their underwear, don't you? Like, we'll show those to you. Like all that stuff about Instagram came out like a month ago and nobody gave a fuck about it. But then the comedian half of me is like, well, I have to be on all of these things in order to promote myself or whatever. But I don't know if there's a single audience member that's ever seen me in real life. That's like, hey, I came because I saw you on Instagram. So I think I'm just like bullshitting myself, but. Either way, uh, so we can either get into Trump being charged with stuff and why that's bullshit, or we can uh, listen to uh, this Oliver Anthony guy, or we can watch a thing about recycling and how it's mostly bullshit. What do you want first? Uh, well, first, I wanted to read this thing that I also uh, screenshotted that said over 13,000 acres have burned in Hawaii. But Brandon, Joe Biden, asked Congress for another 24 billion to send to Ukraine. Like, what are they doing with this money? I don't I think more important than what they're doing with it is why not more people are asking what they're doing with it. They're just like, yeah, well, they must need it. They're fighting the devil in Russia. So they they're going to need billions of dollars and if this is a democracy shouldn't the people of the united states like get to vote on it or something (laughs) you know rather than making our grandchildren's grandchildren's grandchildren pay for this shit yeah well i mean a lot of it was voted on a lot of it was in different like spending packages that congress voted on and shit so I, i mean that's why I think it's funny when people are like, you know, it's Republican versus Democrat. And it's like, I don't think that it is anymore. I think it's like patriots versus people who hate this country. And a lot of those are Republicans. You mean as far as like... There's a lot of Republicans that even though they're Republicans, they still aren't looking out for what's best for the country in the long run. They're looking out for their donors or their paycheck or their, uh, you know, it, social media clout or whatever the case. Like, I think there's very few who are like, no, I want to vote on shit. That's going to make America 25 years from now still good and still like the best country on earth. I don't give a fuck about what we're doing right now. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I think there's a lot of people that just just think it's going to all go away, and and I don't think it is. I think we're looking at a different uh, a different time, you know. And uh, you know, like people came up to me last night after my show, and they're like, "I appreciate you, you know, you're the things you were saying." And um, and I don't even get very like political or whatever. I just 
I, I just joke about things that I used to joke about all the time and people just laughed and now they're not sure if they can. And I'm like, that's the subtle brainwashing that's happened to this country. Um, you know, I, was, I, I try to edit videos all the time for YouTube and that kind of thing. And I came across something from 10 years ago and I was watching some of it and I was saying some pretty off shit. And but peep, it was like a college crowd, too. And they were laughing their asses off. And I guarantee if I said those same things today, it wouldn't get anything. I would get stared at. Um, people would be scared to laugh. And that's the subtle brainwashing that has happened to this country. And it's just sad as shit to me as a comedian and as an American and as a human being. Yeah. And I don't know when it started. It might have started during Obama, I think, because when when George Bush, George W. was president, everybody made fun of him. <laughs> And then Obama became president and nobody could make fun of him for anything negative as far as his administration goes and stuff. They just made fun of like the way that he talked. I know a lot of people did impressions of Obama and stuff, but nobody was shitting on him the way like they shit on Bush for starting the Iraq war and Afghanistan and all that shit. Like people would really shit on Bush. I don't know. And then when Trump came along, then, yeah, there were lots of liberal like comedians that tried to make fun of Trump. But that's when people in the audience like Trump supporters. I don't think Trump supporters are innocent in this whatever equation, you know, because yeah. it's, uh, I did shows with Trump supporters in the audience where uh, somebody would do a shit on Trump joke and they'd be like, nope, like none of that. Not my president. Like, you don't make fun of him and that kind of shit. And I think, uh, I guess it was them, like, it was the same thing how you couldn't make fun of, like, Black Lives Matter during that whole thing. You couldn't really make fun of coronavirus, even though I did quite a bit. But it was definitely difficult. And I had shows like that where people were just like, no, like, stop talking about it. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Come on. Yeah, I've got some 9-11 jokes last night and that same lady who I ended up having a conversation with or her friend or one of them, um, they, before they even heard me really start talking about it, they were like, no, no. And I'm like, I will talk about whatever I want. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know? Um, well, let's, let's stick with news for the moment here. So we'll just go into this Trump thing. And then, well, before we talk about him getting charged in Georgia, um, I want to talk about the the January 6th charge. Where's that? In Washington, D.C., I guess, uh, where they're charging him with, uh, you know, lying about the election and that kind of stuff and denying truths and spewing disinformation and whatever else. And I just think it's interesting that um, I kind of mentioned this last week where we talked about whether January 6th was really started by Trump supporters or whether it was people planted in the crowd, Antifa, the feds, the CIA, whatever, planted there to like start a riot because they didn't want what was happening inside the Capitol to happen. So to start this off, I'm going to show uh, after Trump got elected in 2016, there were several Democrats, uh, a few of which you'll recognize and some you might not, but uh, that were trying to challenge the electoral college count or the certification or whatever. And the rule is you have to have a, a congressperson, a representative, and a senator 
one of each has to sign this thing together for you to be able to debate or challenge or whatever. And lots of people tried it after Trump won. So here's a little thing of Democrats. Democrats even attempted to persuade the Electoral College delegates to overturn the 2016 results. House Manager Raskin objected to the certification of President Trump's victory four years ago, along with many of his colleagues. You'll remember it was Joe Biden who had to gavel them down. I have an objection because 10 of the 29 electoral votes cast by Florida were cast by electors not lawfully certified. I object to the votes from the state of Wisconsin, which were not, should not be legally set, set, no certified. Or Mr. President, I object to the certificate debate. from the state of Georgia on the grounds that the electoral votes no, were no not. Debate. There's no debate. Then I object to the certificate uh, from the state of North Carolina. I object to the 15 votes from the state of North Carolina. Um, I object. I object to the certificate from the state of Alabama. The electors were not lawfully certified. Is it signed by a senator? Not as of yet, Mr. President. In that case, the objection cannot be entertained. The objection cannot be entertained. Counting debate is not in order. Ballot. Even with the there is no debate in order. Is it signed by a senator? There is no debate. There is no debate in the joint session. There is no debate. There is no debate. There is no debate. Please come to order. The objection cannot be received. Section 18, Title III of the United States Code prohibits debate in the joint session. I do not wish to debate. I wish to ask, is there one United States Senator who will join me in this letter There is no debate. There is no debate. The gentlewoman will suspend. So they did that after 2016. Nobody gave a fuck because that's totally their right to do. And then here's what happened in 2020. Um, I forget who the representative was, but Ted Cruz was the senator, and he talks for a minute here. This is from a PBS thing, and you can tell by the words that they use uh, to make it seem like it's different than what happened in 2016. Front became a battleground. Inside, the joint session of Congress to certify election results was underway. The traditionally ceremonial process is upended by Republicans, led by Representative Paul Gosar of Arizona and Senator Ted Cruz of Texas, challenging Trump's loss, sending lawmakers to their separate chambers to debate. What does it say to the nearly half the country that believes this election was rigged if we vote not even to consider the claims of illegality and fraud in this election? Meanwhile, around 2 p.m., the east side barricades are breached. That's like a three-hour-long thing, but that's the point, or that was the only point that I was making, was that we were legitimately challenging the election and the Electoral College and all that stuff. It was all legitimate. It was going by the rules, and then January 6th happened, so... The odds of that being Trump supporters that were doing that, I think, are low. Yeah, absolutely. And all they did for four years that Trump was president was bitch about that election and Russian collusion and blame it on that, which was proven to be fake with the Steele dossier that Hillary Clinton paid for. Of course. Um, you know, and they, she's the one that pushed that narrative. And how how was she not been i mean i guess she got fined for it like a drop in the bucket for her but 
the hypocrisy is just so blatant. Well, you know, speaking of Hillary and hypocrisy, let's watch this 10 second thing. Oh, 30 seconds. No longer believe that our will is effectuated through the system. If bad actors tell us falsely that every election is stolen and that the only way an election is uh, trustworthy is if they come, come out on top of it, it maybe wounds us as a democracy and in a way that is hard to repair. You know, the truth matters. Having these cases be brought and be brought in such professional manners, we'll see how they unfold. You can run the best campaign, you can even become the nominee, and you can have the election stolen from you. Ah. Uh. She's yeah. saying the thing that she's bitching about. Those, those two women are so freaking gross, dude. Um, <laughs> I had a I had a total point before we played it, and now I can't remember what it was. Damn it. Um, anyway, well, it'll come to me in a second. Yeah, let's... Uh, this dude here is talking about Trump being charged. He's got a nice little opening to this, too. Just, It's funny, though, because when I first saw it, I just... A lot of times when videos pop up, I'll just read the video until I decide to turn the sound on or whatever. And uh, so I just made myself laugh because I racistly just attributed an accent to this guy that he doesn't have at all. So if you want to have some fun, then mute this for the first 10 seconds and then listen to the guy because he just sounds like a totally normal dude. But hey, before before you play it, can can I just say this about that 2017 video with Biden in it, which was six years ago? That man looks like a completely different person. I mean, I guess they've never just talked about it if it had plastic surgery but it does not even remotely look like the same guy. That was just six years ago. And I know age changes people, but that does not look like the same guy. Yeah, I don't know. I, I've seen a few, like watching those old videos of him from the 70s or whatever. Like I can see facial expressions and like mannerisms or whatever that I'm like, that was very Biden-esque right there, you know? Yeah. So who knows? Or either that or Jim Carrey's just doing a hell of a job of playing the Joe Biden character. Oh, and I what, what they were talking about also, um, you know, that, that the they bitched about the election being stolen for four years. Uh, well, why didn't they do an audit? And I think I've said this before on this podcast, but I think the reason they didn't do an audit is because it would have been revealed that they cheated in that election, too. They just didn't cheat enough and they never thought that he was going to win. And it completely blindsided them at, uh, when he did win. Um, so that's what I—that's my little theory on that. I think they didn't do any kind of audit because they would have. It would have been like, oh yeah, we did find cheating, but it was all on your side, and they'd be like, right. Oh, you know. I read a I read a thing about about that, and I don't know. Again, I like just saying things that I'm not sure if they're true or not. But I read a thing about how China helped uh, with the elections and helped like you know, rig them in one way or another and that Trump or the military or whoever, like either went to China and threatened them or just convinced them like, Hey, stay out of this one, you know? And then like the Hillary people are making calls like, where the fuck are our ballots? And they're like, Oh, sorry, we're not involved. And they're like, what the fuck you have to be <laughs> like you promised. But again, I don't know if that's true, but here, yeah. okay. You want to listen to this dude now? Yeah. Has been indicted in Georgia. The last 14 years, I've called Georgia home. I have my business here, got married here. My daughter was born in Fulton County. I've been all over the world in most major U.S. cities. 
If I could live anywhere, I would stay right here, in Georgia. To me, Georgia is the best place in the world. Where people still say, yes, ma'am, and thank you, sir. Where even the liberals go to church on Sundays. And to see the establishment drama brought to my doorsteps, the globalist socialist chaos brought to our community. Last night, when I watched the Fulton County DA smirk while she indicted former President Donald Trump along 18 others on RICO charges like they are part of the Sopranos, I'm not going to lie, I was pretty pissed. And then I read all 96 pages of the indictments. There is nothing in there to get anyone. The DA specifically said that the overt acts listed are not illegal on their own, but because there are enough of them, they can be charged as a criminal enterprise. What do these overt acts include? Questioning the outcome of the 2020 election, for making false statements about the integrity of the election in other states, for asking for email addresses of public officials and sending emails, for hiring forensic data teams to review election results, for requesting hearings to challenge the results, for unnamed people sending emails, and most importantly, mean tweets. This trial goes nowhere, and they know it. So why all the drama? And why was I so upset? It's not because of the charges. The charges are bullshit. It's because I could see their plan, and I could feel it working. You gotta see the big picture. The play is always geopolitics, always control. The globalist socialist establishment has already conquered LA, San Francisco, Seattle, and Chicago. Where are the Trump indictments? They're trying to take New York, Virginia, Miami, and now Atlanta. Notice they are not indicting him in areas they've already won. It's a squeeze play. Can you see the map? The point of these indictments is not to prevent Trump from running for president. Of all the indictments and charges, none of them can prevent him from running. It's not even about preventing him from winning. They see that the poll numbers jump every time an indictment is announced. If they truly believe that Trump was plotting to overthrow the U.S. government, they would focus all of their energy, resources, and personnel on one case and try to prove it beyond a reasonable doubt. You don't indict in multiple states with multiple charges with multiple teams of lawyers. You don't spray and pray. The sole point of the indictments is to divide this country, to keep us occupied fighting each other, Republican versus Democrat, man versus woman, black versus white versus brown versus yellow, poor versus less poor. Don't get distracted. It's not us versus each other. It's us versus them. They're not trying to save democracy. They're trying to crush it. If you're watching from Georgia, if you are my neighbor, beware. Look at what they've done in other cities, other states. Homelessness, drugs, and violence. Burning it all down so they can build it back up and gain control. The talking head propagandists will surely plaster the news cycle. This time, we got him. What they really mean is, this time, we got you. Damn. Yeah. That was fucking great, man. I mean, that guy just completely nailed it. Um, yeah, that was beautiful. So smart. Yep. Um, and yeah, that's exactly what they're doing because they know that this this whole thing is complete horseshit. I think my something just fell. My phone. Um, yep. We all yeah. heard it. I think that's a. Uh... <laughs> that's a screaming goat moment right there, buddy. Yeah, um, it is. Because that's what they're doing. They're trying to divide us all, and that's that's why that idiot woman got so upset last. No, she didn't really get upset. She was just 
God, I wish you could have seen her. She's like chewing on her straw and she's like, eh. I was just like, oh, I want to fucking hit you. <laughs> well, I hope she, I hope it, at least one sentence that you said it stuck in her mind. And I hope today she's like, is Joe Biden crooked? Well, I told her last night, I go, I pray to God that everything I'm saying to you right now, I pray that someday all this stuff comes out about Obama and Clinton and, and George Bush and all of them. And you remember this conversation. And, uh, you know, I said something about Obama and she just completely interrupted me. And she's like, why did you skip over George Bush? I'm like, I was going to get to George Bush and you didn't let me finish. You know, don't try to make me out to be like racist because I brought up the fact that Obama is a war criminal is what he is. And, uh, Anyway, sorry. Yeah, speaking of racist, did you hear that? Uh, did you hear the racist dog whistle that they're saying Trump put out the other day? Oh God, no! But I he what? after the so the lady, the district attorney in Atlanta or in Fulton County is a black lady. So then Trump puts out a, a thing on True Social that says something along the lines of like. Like I'm being in, indicted or arrested because I'm trying because I said that the election was rigged. Like they're going after me for saying the election was rigged instead of finding the riggers themselves and going after them. And so can you guess which word I just said that they're saying is a racist dog whistle? Wow. Yeah, I can I can guess. He said riggers. And he's like, ah, they know what his his supporters know exactly what he was saying when he said that. And it's like, dude, he's been saying the election was rigged for fucking years. Yeah, well, there I was talking to a guy down at the comedy store one night and he's like, if you ever noticed how Trump talks, he does this. That's for KKK. And I'm like, are you out of your fucking mind, dude? <laughs> yeah, I think that on th that's another one of those things that goes both directions because I I agree that it's bullshit when people say that about Trump or when they do the OK sign or whatever and they're like that's a KKK thing. But then I'll also see montages of like famous actors or models or whatever like doing weird shit with their eyes or like crossing their arms over their chest or whatever, and it's like that's. Uh, yeah, it could be some kind of signal or something, or it could be that there's a photographer there who's being paid to take pictures and they're like, all right, now do this. Now do this. Now lean against the tree. Now do whatever. Right. So like, yes, it could still be a conspiracy, but I don't think all those actors are in on it. I think they're just doing what they're told. Yeah. Well, and we're living in a time, too, where anything can be faked and anyone can be made out to look any which way that they that the powers that be that, you know, it, 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 and it doesn't have to be like high tech people. It can just be some idiot who's good with their phone or or whatever, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. All right. Well, we'll save the uh, song for the very end. Do you want to uh, we've got a recycling thing and we've got a, a school board lady that makes some valid points. Oh, and well, okay, here, I'll do these first because they're short. Um, here's a Jimmy Dore thing real quick. Why do you think people voted for Trump? Because everything is going great in their lives? Trump didn't take us to Iraq. Trump didn't pass NAFTA. 
Trump didn't bail out the banks and screw the homeowners. If people actually knew what Bill Clinton and Barack Obama actually did, they would be screaming bloody murder. The Democratic Party completely turned their back on workers. They got in bed with Wall Street and Silicon Valley. This is the result. In order to get better, we have to come to terms with this. We have to come to terms with what's wrong. People are hurting. Half the country's poor, you assholes. <laughs> Yeah, I like Jimmy Dore a lot. I've done a lot of shows with him. We we stayed in the condo together many years ago, and I do shows with him down at the Comedy Magic Club sometimes. He's a good dude, and and I don't know that he's – I don't think he necessarily likes Trump or anything, but at least he's able to point out the hypocrisy, and I really appreciate him for doing that. Yep. Um, do yeah. We I'm, I'm scheduled to work with him in Toledo, but I uh... – I'm doing a Friday, Saturday with somebody and then Jimmy Dore's there on Sunday. And I sent an email to the club to just be like, Jimmy Dore's got to bring his own openers. Right. And they haven't written me back yet, but I just saw that like a day or two ago. So, uh, yeah. So I might be opening for Jimmy Dore in uh, Toledo, Ohio at the funny bone on September 3rd, but that's not set in stone yet. So don't believe me. Cool. Well, I hope if you guys do that, you have a good conversation. He's a good dude. Um, I've always liked Jimmy, but yeah, uh, but I agree. He's not a Trump supporter. Like he's, he's a truth seeker and that's what I like about him. Cause he'll talk shit about Trump and Tracy beans is getting a lot of shit about this lately because she's the same way. Like she just looks for the truth. So she'll retweet somebody that said something shitty about DeSantis or whatever. And she'll be like, this is not true. Like we're better than this. You guys like, yeah, we can fight him on things that are real, but this thing that you're saying about him is not true. And then all of the comments are just like, I can't believe you're, you fucking switch sides. Like I thought you were with us. And she's like, I'm not on any side. Like I just point out the truth where I see it. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, we obviously are supporting Trump and all this stuff, but I still have questions about the, the vaccine and why he, um, pushed it so hard and all that. But I mean, there are people out there who have answers for that as well, as far as like this was COVID speaking of that was going to drag on forever. If he didn't do what he did, um, you know, getting the vaccine out there as quick as he did. And I, I have a friend that works for Pfizer and he said that he was instrumental in, in, in cutting a lot of the red tape that usually goes along with, with making those things. And, um, I don't know, man. I still have questions about certain things. I don't think he's 100% right on everything, but I I do think he's the best chance we've got. Yep, I agree. I, did I ever play this Andrew Tate thing where he was talking about coronavirus or something? Uh, I know you played something from Andrew Tate, but I don't know. All right. Well, I'm not going to play it then if because I think I might have played it before. Let's watch this guy talk about recycling. You want to do that? Sure. This is John Stossel. And it was uh, several minutes long. I cut it down to about three, but it's still good. Recycling company is run by Lynn Hoffman. If we're not using recycled paper and cardboard, we're cutting down more trees. Recycling paper and cardboard does save trees. Recycling aluminum does save energy. But most of the other stuff is impractical to recycle. That's right. This is material that came in to the recycling facility from people's recycling carts and is going to leave as trash. Huge amounts of what people send to her recycling plant will never be recycled. The worst is plastic, which for years has been marked with the recycling symbol. We see stuff like this all the time. Recycling your ozone it. Please recycle. 
not recyclable. But people think most of our plastic is recycled. Yeah, I do think so. Is it not? You're going to tell me it's not? <laughs> that's, what, that's the trick? The reality is that... The amount of plastic actually recycled is around 5%. Wow. I figured there was something coming, but I'm, I'm, I'm shocked right now. I didn't know. It's sad. All my life, I've heard about how important it is to recycle. It's not. Science writer John Tierney debunked recycling claims years ago. His New York Times Magazine story, Recycling is Garbage, set a record for Times hate mail. And yet, what you said is still true? It's even more true today. In fact, the economics have just gotten worse. Now, my city would save more than $300 million a year if it just stopped recycling. Recycling is an industry that's using increasingly expensive labor to produce materials that are worth less and less. Because it's not worth recycling here, much is shipped overseas to countries like Malaysia, where it's just piled up. A vast field of plastic two stories high. Some of it from America. And landfills had plenty of room for it. Today they have more space than we'll ever need. If you think of the United States as a football field, all the garbage that we will generate in the next 1,000 years would fit inside a tiny fraction of the one-inch line. Really? Oh, that's surprising. On top of that, today's landfills are not the polluters they once were. Some sensible regulations make sure they don't pollute. Eventually, landfills are turned into ski hills, parks, and golf courses. Putting garbage here is much cheaper than recycling. So why do towns keep pushing recycling? Even Greenpeace said most plastic simply cannot be recycled. So what's Greenpeace's solution? Let's stop producing. You're saying don't use plastic at all. Ban plastic. I think that's where we're headed. No more plastic? But plastic often creates less emissions than alternatives. But environmentalists still demand we pick through our trash, switch from plastic to paper bags that rip. California even bans small plastic shampoo bottles. They still think so. Why do you want to make life more difficult for travelers? Some of these rules are just so arbitrary and silly. It's simply a way, I think, for Greens and for some politicians to pretend that they're saving the planet. And it's to just feel absurd. Good. To yeah. It feels like they're doing something. Right, and I think they get a charge out of telling people what to do. I left his name on there at the end so everybody could... Seek out and tune in to Stossel TV. So many things could be fixed with common sense. And and it doesn't have to. It, it, everything is such bullshit, you know. And I I just hope that people start waking up to it and, and we, I don't know, man. I don't know. I can't pretend I know what the answer is. But it's like these problems could be fixed. Homelessness, all this shit we talk about all the time could be fixed. It just, there's people that don't want it to be because they stand to gain from it. Right. Yeah, I mean, if it's it's like that with a lot of things. that Medicine and stuff is the best example of, of like, you know, the curing cancer makes way less money than giving people medicine for it for years and years on end, you know, and yeah. for the rest of eternity. Like, if they could cure it, then, yeah, that'd be great this year but they have to make more money next year than they made last year or their company is not growing and companies have to grow, you know? 
Yeah, one of the few things I remember from my from college is uh, a professor telling me that if they ever cured cancer, we'd go into a depression bigger than we've ever seen in this country. So they're never going to cure it because the money's all in the treatment, it's not in the cure. Yeah, so, but it's it's not even cancer; it's everything. It's like, oh, you're overweight. Here, take Ozempic or whatever. Where a doctor should be like, quit being a piece of shit, get up and exercise every day. And, and here's a big long list of things that you're not allowed to eat anymore, but that doesn't help them do anything. Like the doctor doesn't want you to come in and have perfect blood pressure and perfect uh, body fat and all that stuff. Cause if you do, then he's just going to be like, all right, well, I'll see you in a year. Like he yeah. wants to be like, come back in two weeks. We're going to get this figured out and then come back every two weeks forever. And you don't ever have to pay for it because you have insurance or Medicare or Medicaid or whatever. And I'm going to just keep on making money. Like I, as a comedian, if I could sell a T-shirt to the same guy every two weeks, that'd be fucking awesome. I would only need like 10 people to to buy my shirts, you know? Yeah. yeah. Cut sugar out of your diet, walk 30 minutes a day, feed your kids good shit. You know, I mean, I read something the other day about how um, they're encouraging parents to give their children, um, what's it called, where they staple your stomach. I can't remember the name of the surgery. Lap band? Um, lap band, but they call it something else. Like, like I, stomach I stapling? Yeah, gastric bypass? Yeah, something like that. Um, but they're encouraging that for children. It's like, you're the parent, just you know, feed your kid the right stuff. It's, you know, yeah, kinda, you know, I don't know. But, but then every parent is like, ah, but I don't want my kid to be mad at me. You know, I don't want to take away the food he likes. Just uh, let's just make a doctor fix it. Yeah. Well, like, you know, not that we're the perfect parents or anything, but we've, my kid, he, he likes broccoli more than he does anything else. And I think part of it is because we've never made a big deal out of it. We just give him the food and, and, uh, we're not like eat that it's good for you. Or, you know, kids instinctively know like, well, then I don't want that shit. Right. <laughs> you know, you just don't make a big deal out of it. You just give it to them. That's your food and they eat it. And, and that's all there is to it. He doesn't like sugar. He doesn't like chocolate. Um, mainly because we've never given it to them. Um, but I don't know. There's healthy alternatives out there. And these days you can eat pretty good and taste good. You know, like when we were younger, eating healthy meant you're going to eat nothing but gross shit. <laughs> and they've come a long way when it comes to all that stuff. But yeah. it's also expensive as hell, too. So, um, yeah. To eat so healthy or to eat like shit? To eat, to eat healthy. I mean, now it's kind of, uh, I took a comedian through a drive through at McDonald's the other night and, uh, and we didn't even, we, he didn't even order off the menu because it was like, he was like 1350 for an extra value meal. He's like, fuck that dude. Just keep going. I don't want that. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, good for you. I don't eat it cause it's pure poison, but, uh, yeah, it's not even cheap to be, to eat like shit anymore. No. But it's definitely it's definitely expensive to to eat healthy. I mean, we cook a lot of stuff with almond flour, and that shit's not cheap, but it's worth it. I mean, now if I eat sugar, I feel like complete shit. I like it when I'm eating it, and then that's it. You know, after yeah. as soon as I'm done, it's I feel like shit. Um, we don't have really time to get into PizzaGate, but I think maybe maybe next week we should maybe we should devote the entire uh, hour to it. Um, because right. that stuff all ties into everything that we're seeing right now in this country. Um, 
and I know that a lot of people think that's a conspiracy and all that bullshit, but um, I don't know that it is. Yeah. Yeah. There's that, uh, there's a five minute uh, video from CBS news years ago from a dude named Ben Swan, where he talks all about Pizzagate and stuff. So I can, uh, I mean, I guess we could play it right now if you want, or we can wait and do it next week. If we do it now, I have to do like a screen share thing or whatever. So um, let's save it. Yeah, let's just save it because I do think it, I think it's important and it ties into the whole Epstein thing and why you've never heard about anybody on that list. And yeah, um, you know, all this stuff is is just a, a cover up basically for all the real shit that's happening in this country. That's very understandable why people don't want to believe it. But that doesn't mean it's not true. Agreed. All right, well, then we'll wrap up with uh, I'll save the school board lady thing for next week also, and we'll wrap up with uh, Oliver Anthony. But I assume most people, I assume you, I know I have listened to this song at least a dozen times since I discovered it last week. So instead of just playing the video of the song, somebody did a mashup of all of the reaction videos, uh, which are really good. I like a lot of them. Uh, it's basically just people watching this video for the first time and reacting to it. And somebody just did a mashup of all of them and you can still hear 99% of the song. So I like this version better. Uh, so are we ready? Yep. This is Oliver Anthony. The song is called rich men North of Richmond, which a lot of these people didn't understand but if you look up richmond virginia on the map and then you zoom out and look a little bit north of there is he's talking about washington dc the whole song is talking about the politicians and shit uh but he's just got a fucking great voice and uh yeah it's just such a good song and all of these people of different colors and backgrounds all agree so here we go i've been selling my soul Working all day, overtime hours, for bullshit pay, so I can sit out here and waste my life away, drag back home and drown my troubles away, it's a damn shame, what the world's gotten to, for people like me, people like you, wish I could just wake up, and it not be true, but it is, oh it is, living in the new. With an old soul I can rock the These rich men north of Richmond Lord knows they all just wanna have total control Wanna know what you think Wanna know what you do And they don't think you know But I know that you do Cause your dollar ain't shit oh. And it's tax to no end Okay Some of us can't say what we absolutely know is true, and he's articulating. I wish politicians would look out for miners, and not just miners on an island somewhere. Yes. Lord, we got folks in the street, ain't got nothing to eat, and the obese milk and welfare. Drowns. Young men are putting themselves six feet in the ground. Cause all this damn country 
is keep on taking them down. Ah! Lord, it's a damn shame. What the world's gotten to for people like me. What? People like you. Yeah. Wish I could just wake up and it not be true, but it is. Oh, it is. Living in the new world with an old soul. Yeah, it's fucking great. I wish we would have started the episode with that song because uh, it gave me chills and it, it, you know, it's why we do this, man, because we're in the short term, we're not doing our career any favor as far as like, you know, the truth is not popular. And what we're trying to do here is just do our small part to shine a little light on the bullshit and the fact that we Half the con- half the taxes we pay aren't even constitutional, and this country was not founded on the shit that that they're trying to force down our throats. You know, it's right. It's just gross. It's fucking gross. And uh, I just want everyone to wake up to it. And I get so frustrated when I talk to women, or not just women, people in general, like I do that woman last night, um, who just don't get it. You know, I, it, it, they just don't get it. It's not because we love Trump's personality or that were uh, anyway, I'm sorry, I'm ranting, but it's, it's true though. Yeah. We just, we feel like we see a version of the world, the way that it could and should be. And that's not the version that we're getting right now, but that's why I support Trump because he got us closer to that vision than anybody else has gotten in my lifetime. Like, And I've said this before, too. Obama could have done those things. Obama got elected because he was saying the types of things that Trump actually did. Yeah. Like Obama got elected because he was like, we got to work together. We can change shit. We can we can all be one country or whatever. And but then he got in there and did none of those things. Well, we started talking about it earlier and, you, you know, you asked like where the racial divide began and all that. And it kind of, it began with Obama and, um, gosh, what was I going to say? Um, damn it. What was I going to say? I guess. So- and it's gone. Thanks for watching everybody. Uh- <laughs> no, I get so fired up about this stuff, but yeah, at his inauguration at Trump's inauguration, he's like, we are going to give the power back to you, the people, which is what this country was founded on. We, the people. And if you don't think we've been brainwashed collectively in this country, how can anybody have a problem with that? 
how can anybody have a problem with America first? Like not, not that other countries don't matter and we shouldn't lend a hand if we can, but the people who live here should be the people who are taken care of first. So that's why it's so gross what we're doing with Ukraine and all that. Not that we don't care about those people, but when you have drug addicted people in the streets and people who can't pay their bills and all these illegal immigrants are taken care of before the citizens of this country, what don't you get? So, <laughs> you know, that's what Trump's all about, man. And uh, this country could be so much better than it is, even though and it's, it's going to be. And it's going to be. I hope so. I pray to God every day about it. And uh, if you don't pray out there, I recommend you start because everybody needs to find God again, because that's another thing this country was founded on that everyone has gotten away from. And, you know, it's helped me more than anything in my whole life is, is praying about shit. It got me through the death of my little brother. And um, anyway, I don't want to start crying, <laughs> but I felt like I was about to. I didn't I didn't know that was coming. But anyway, we should probably wrap this up. Um, it's fucking Oliver Anthony getting inside us, dude. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. That was beautiful, man. I haven't listened to that song. I've listened to it a couple times. Uh, that was, I think, just the second time I'd even heard it. But this time, um, it really, it really got to me um, listening yeah. to it and seeing those people's reaction to it. You know, well, and uh, from a performer's point of view, it's really awesome. He had a show in somewhere in like North Carolina or one of the Virginias or something, and he said he was there a few months ago, and he had fifteen or twenty people there to see him. And dude, to see the video of this crowd, I think there were like between five and 10,000 people there, like just to see this dude that went viral less than a week ago. And, and it was also really cool because he opened his whole show by reading a few passages out of the Bible. And then he got teary eyed and shit. It was, he's a cool dude and he's been around like he's, he's only popular now, but he has several videos on YouTube of him playing the guitar and singing and shit. And, uh, and they're all good in their own way. This one is by far is his magnum opus or whatever, but it's, <laughs> he's still got some good shit out there. And I think he's going to, if nothing else, he's going to get, uh, you know, he'll open for some famous guy on, on his tour and make millions of dollars. So good for him. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it, gives, it should give all of us hope, you know, who have been entertainers for a long time and, and uh, haven't gotten a fair shake because there's a lot of great comedians, especially out there that I told somebody the other night, most of the funniest people in this country you have never heard of. Um, Very true. The glorification of mediocrity. And it's all it's it's all by design. I mean, I know that sounds like a huge conspiracy, but it's all by design, pushing out all the bullshit and all the things that are no good and TikTok and all that shit. I mean, there's some decent stuff on there. Mike's got a fair amount of followers on TikTok and he's one of the best comedians in the country. You deserve it. But um, there's a lot of bullshit out there that shouldn't get any play at all. And it's just going through the roof and it's, it's bullshit. So anyway, good episode. Uh, I will be headlining uh, The End in Torrance, California. I wish I would have said this at the beginning too, but uh, September 2nd, 8 p.m., TheEnd.biz. You can get tickets there to uh, see me headline one show, and I'm hoping to sell it out. So it's a great little room. The owner's a cool dude, and uh, he's been really good to me, and I appreciate him. And, and, and when, so, is, yeah. when is this? 
September 2nd. It's a Saturday. It's Labor Day weekend. And uh, yeah, All right. so. that's, that's when I'm in Toledo. Oh, and I don't remember if we hit record before I did this, but check out my shirt. <laughs> I like it's a friend. Uh, a friend of mine is a comedian also, and it's his shirt that he sells after shows. His name's Wiz. He's a Wichita dude and he's funny. And uh, yeah, this on this show is really the best place that I feel comfortable wearing it. I don't like walk like walking through the grocery store with it or anything because <laughs> old ladies like <laughs> sneer at me. But anyway, we're way over time. So let's fucking wrap it up. Thanks for watching, everybody. Uh, we love you and uh, share this with people or feel free to screen record a, a little clip of it and and post it to your Facebook and tell everybody how full of shit we are or whatever you want to do. Either way. All right. God bless Ellie. Bye-bye. Bye.